but it was a couple of months after that my husband had actually um, committed suicide and then the drugs came back in and the alcohol came back in. So um, I think I was, I was pretty much for a few months just every day just, you know, on a complete bender, just blind um, and drugged up. And it, Craig actually, it wasn't until Craig um, got hold of me and he's like, come into the gym, let's do a session, you know, and I went in there and I said to him, um, you know, the coach that I was working with beforehand there's, um, said, you know, that I should compete again. I'm thinking about competing again. And he's like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? He's like, you are not doing that. And he didn't, it was kind of like, you know, um, there's no choice, not saying, you know, this is bad or you shouldn't do this because of this. He's just like, you are not doing that. You're not doing that. You're going to come in here and you're going to train all the time. Well, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you back on track. You know, you're going to stop drinking. You're going to stop taking drugs. Um, and I was like, um, yeah, okay. So I I did that for a couple of days. <laughs> and then I would um, I would disappear again. I would go on a bender and disappear, um, not turn up to training all the time. Jake would call you guys or message you guys. She's disappeared again. You would message me like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? You know, get back to training. Um, so I, I did this for quite some time, probably like about six months, you reckon? Yeah, until okay. I... I kind of thought, hang on a minute, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I just I just wanted to change. And mm. I just pretty much woke up one morning and I said, I want my life to change. I want to be better. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I am joined by one super amazing woman, Melissa Collins. Now, Mel is a longtime friend and coach in our business. And we've known Mel for seven or eight years now, nearly as long as I have known Craig. And she has the most incredible and inspiring story from drug addiction, to being abused as a child. She spent time in prison. She's tried to commit suicide multiple times. Her husband committed suicide. Um, She's taken a lot of drugs. She drank a lot of alcohol. She was a stripper. Um, And it is actually truly amazing how much she's grown and changed in the time that I have known her. And I actually remember it wasn't long after her husband had killed himself, maybe six months she just suddenly decided that she didn't want to be this person anymore and that started her on her journey and she had worked in bars and pubs for a long time and one day she came in she'd been doing this like um it's like a self-help type program self-development program and she said you know kitty i really want to work for you and so she actually worked for us for free for 3 months she didn't know how to use a computer so she went and bought herself a mac and took herself down to the um apple store and learned how to use computers and checked meal plans and um you know just learnt um did onboarding calls and then we eventually hired her and she went away and got her qualifications her um ASCAR level 1 strength and conditioning and a cert three and four in nutrition so that she could actually coach clients. And then she became a coach in our program and she just has the most incredible experience helping women who have a lot of weight to lose and helping them be successful at not only losing that weight, um, but, you know, keeping it off and improving their health. 
And she is just so passionate about her job and she loves helping women. Um, and we obviously just love her and think she does an amazing job. So I actually really just wanted her to get to come on the podcast so she could share her story. She herself was once 92 kilos, so she knows what it's like to be overweight um, and unhealthy. And I think she probably sits at about, I don't know, 60. I don't know what her weight is, about 60 kilos, but she's lost like 30 kilos um, and improved her health. And now she spends her days helping other women do the same thing. So I hope if you're a woman listening to this, you know, you'll find this inspiring. And, you know, I think if Mel can do this, so can you. Uh, And as always, please take a screenshot of the episode and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. Um, and you know, let's help free other women from crazy restrictive diets. And if you do that, you also will have a chance to win a tub of saturated premium collagen. So each month I just pick a winner or pick someone, I should say, from those people that have shared, um, and they'll get, get that tub of collagen. Hi, Dal. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Her name's not actually Dal. Uh, Melissa Collins. She's one of our amazing coaches and our friends. We've known her for a long time. And uh, nearly eight years, I think. Nearly as long as I've known Craig, I've known you. Nearly. Yeah, Yeah, Um, you guys had not been together long when I met you both. Yeah. Yeah, when in the gym. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to do a bit of a series on uh interviewing the coaches so that you know the women could get to know our amazing coaches that work for us. Because obviously, you know, like no one ever works with me. I'm I don't do any coaching. Yeah, that's right. You know, so I think it's, would. It, I thought it would be really great to just, you know, hear a bit more about their stories and their backgrounds mm. and, um, you know, and Mel is particularly has an amazing, inspiring story, I think. Um, and she really has a lot of success working with women who have quite a lot of weight to lose. So Mel's had a client that's lost 46 kilos and kept it off, which is just incredible. Um, and she herself, I think at your heaviest, you were 92 kilos. Is that right? Yeah, 94, actually. Wow. Yeah, and how, tall, 94. how tall are you? 170. Yeah, okay. So, and your what do you weigh now? Um, 59. Yeah, wow. So you've lost it and managed to obviously, you know, keep it off and yeah yeah healthy and how old are you Mel 51 (laughs) (laughs) nearly 48 I like that you've been I love to give a shit about five years about being 50 (laughs) about being old I'm gonna be 50 and fabulous oh that's right you will be Dal so (laughs) she just says Dal and calls everyone Dal hey Dal yeah hi Dal it's a bit of a bit of a joke but um where should we start Mel well you know like and just the you that I knew seven years ago is just completely different to the you mm-hmm. now. And it is actually quite incredible how you've changed your life and the things that you've been through and experienced to be where you are today. You know, I really think you have experienced quite a bit of hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's quite in- incredible. So perhaps maybe start with um, God, like who you were when we first met you. Oh, what we like, you know, she's <laughs> taken a lot of drugs and a, a drug lot, lot of drugs. I, I spent, um, oh, I think it's like, uh, it would be 36 years or something on, on drugs. Um, I was a big drinker. I started drinking and taking drugs when I was living on the streets when I was a teenager. Um, I started drinking first, I think I was like 13, 14. 
um, the alcohol came in first and, and then the drugs came in also. But, yeah, when we met, I I was competing, actually. You guys came with me. Um, we were competing. Um, you guys were, you know. Putting the tan putting, on. Yeah. Putting the tan on. Bloody that tan. was hilarious. That's a complete um, other podcast. <laughs> That's another podcast. Um, so I was competing but I was still, I was still pretty, um, pretty fucked up, you know, and I was restricting and um, binging and all of that type of stuff. So, um, but I, I was really messed up in the head. I was, I was married. So I was married for quite some time. I was with my husband for 11 years. Um, and um, it wasn't long after I competed with you guys that, um, I think it was two months or something after my last competition I did with you guys, my husband killed himself. Um, so I had stopped drugs while I was competing. Like I did six months of prep for competing. I stopped. It's good to hear that stuff. you stopped the drugs while you were yeah. in prep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, except for, um, you know, um, so I had another coach. You guys prepped me for the actual day, but I had another coach who was, you know, giving me diuretics and stuff. So I wasn't completely drug free, I guess. Um, but it was a couple of months after that my husband had actually um, committed suicide and then the drugs came back in and the alcohol came back in. So um, I think I was, I was pretty much for a few months just every day just, you know, on a complete bender, just blind um, and drugged up. And it, Craig actually, it wasn't until Craig um, got hold of me and he's like, come into the gym, let's do a session, you know, and I went in there and I said to him, um, you know, the coach that I was working with beforehand there's, um, said, you know, that I should compete again. I'm thinking about competing again. And he's like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? He's like, you are not doing that. And he didn't, it was kind of like, you know, um, there's no choice not saying, you know, this is bad or you shouldn't do this because of this. He's just like, you are not doing that. You're not doing that. You're going to come in here and you're going to train all the time. Well, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you back on track. You know, you're going to stop drinking. You're going to stop taking drugs. Um and I was like, um, yeah, okay. So I I did that for a couple of days, <laughs> and then I would um, I would disappear again. I would go on a bender and disappear, um, not turn up to training all the time. Jake would call you guys or message you guys. She's disappeared again. You would message me like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? You know, get back to training. Um, so I I did this for quite some time, probably like about six months, you reckon? Yeah, until I. I kind of thought, hang on a minute, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I just, I just wanted to change. And mm. I just pretty much woke up one morning and I said, I want my life to change. I want to be better. Mm. Like, it's, I, I it's amazing, isn't it, really? Like you literally, I remember you, you just decided and you, like, I mean, and you just turned it around. And I think though, then if you obviously you're fine with talking about this too, like even if you go further back from before your husband, like your childhood, with your, mm. your father and you, you know, that mm. relationship, I think probably contributed to you, like the drugs and the alcohol, if you yeah. want to talk a bit more about that. Cause I think a lot of people, like <clears throat> women that we work with, you know, they have that trauma in their past, you know, that they need to heal from so that then they can obviously focus on changing their body and their health. And, yeah. you know, you've had a lot of it, Mel. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. Well, it's from, Way back, I think it may have even been three or four, somewhere around there was my first memory of abuse. So my dad was really, really violent with all of us, my mum, my sister and I. Um, so we we saw a lot of abuse. Um, 
um, they, they say, you know, the first seven years of your life, this is where you get programmed. And because we saw abuse, that was that was just the way oh. I thought families functioned, which is, yeah. you know, when I think about now, it's quite bizarre. But, um, yeah, my dad used to um, really um, get stuck into us kids, you know. And, I mean, I was a shit of a kid too, though, because I would, I would get smacked and I would get beaten and then I would go and do exactly what I got beaten for just to be like, you know, well, I'll show you. Everything I was told not to do. I had to go out and do, you know, sometimes I still do that. It's like, don't touch that red button, Mel. It's like, I've got to touch it now, you know, because you're telling me not to. Um, but, yeah, we were, um, I, I remember on a couple of occasions, and we've had this conversation, like I was in, I think I was in grade five and I had a friend over, or grade six, and I had a friend over and um, we, I, I did something wrong. I was taking photos with the camera and, you know, it was old where you had the film in the camera and I opened it up without winding it on. That's so all of the photos yeah. got deleted. When he found out, he, we were in the kitchen when I told him and he just turned around and hit me and he hit me so hard in front of my school friend that I dropped to the ground and I peed my pants in front of my friends. Like it was really humiliating stuff like that. Um, another time I was at the local corner shop and I wasn't supposed to be there. He drove past and saw me and there was a whole group of people up there that I used to hang out with, older guys and girls, you know, um, and he went home and he come up there and he hit me on the back of my legs with a stretched out coat hanger in front of all of these people and it was just so humiliating you know I think back now I don't think of the actual physical abuse because I was just so numb to it after a while as well but I think of the humiliation you know that um I I went through um going to school with belt marks and you know kettle cord marks or whatever they were on the backs of your legs all the time you know it was it was quite hard but um, when I was around 13, that's when I started being really bad and naughty and stealing cars and stuff and, you know, got kicked out of home um, and I I lived, like I lived on the streets. I, you know, slept in um, on the to public toilet block floors and stuff, you know, ate out of rubbish bin, stuff like that, went from friend's house to house, you know, and stayed there. But I'd always mess that up because I'd always steal from them or something and they would kick me out, you know. Um, but, yeah, I started on alcohol, um, hanging around bad street people, you know, that was their thing, alcohol, and then I got into the drugs. And then they stopped feeding me the alcohol and the drugs. Well, then I needed to fund it somehow. So that's when I got into crime and break and enter and, you know. And you were stripping for a while, hey, too, you stripped? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I started stripping when I was around 17, I think. I, yeah, I travelled Australia stripping till I was 21 until I fell pregnant wow. with my son. That was the best life. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was free alcohol, free accommodation, free flights, you know, um, and I would get paid a shitload of money for taking my clothes off, you know. Wow. And um, you, you've had implants in and out three times, hey? Yes, yes, yeah. implants, yeah. My wow. first ones were were massive. Like I had big, big boobs anyway, and then I got these big, big boobs because I, I wanted to actually do porn. So I got those real big stripper you know, yeah, I know <laughs> the ones. Yeah, yeah. But that was my life. Like people say, "What do you mean you wanted to do porn?" It was like, well, that's that was my normal life. You know, this life now I live was so foreign compared to. Oh, I know. It's like the opposite back then. Yeah, it was yeah. just, but it was normal. You know, you'd get wasted on drugs and alcohol. You'd be numb, yeah. and then you'd get on stage, and 
you know, take your clothes off. That was nothing. But it's so funny because when we competed um, in 2015, I was up there on stage and I hated it. Remember, I hated it. I yeah. said, I don't want to get back up there because I was sober yeah. and I had clothes on. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're up in front of a crowd of people and you take your clothes off because they don't care if you stuff up or anything. They're not yeah. really looking at you, are they? And it was, yeah, it was really, really bizarre. Um, but, yeah, I lived I lived on the streets. I, I spent time in prison as well. You tried um, to commit suicide as well? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I most of my life. So I had my son when I was 21. Um, he's 26 now. God love him. He turned out he's so He's an amazingly adju- well-adjusted guy too, like, me, yeah. me and Mel joke about this. Like he's really smart. And how did he turn really out not. so good? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been all threatening with the meat cleaver. You know, she said yeah. one time she. Yeah. It is just insane. The story, like you just can't believe it now. Like given how you are. Yeah, yeah. Can't believe some of these stories. Mm. And and him and I talk about it too. You know, like I'll say something to him, and he'll be like, "Well, remember that time you tried to kill me?" Oh. You know, I'm like, "Well." Technically, I don't remember it. So yeah, I was drunk and high. Yeah, it, but it's funny. Like people probably listen to this and think, "Oh, how can you guys laugh about this?" But it's just, I don't know. It, it's just we're really. I'm really, really real. I'm authentic. So. Um, my son, ra- raising my son, well, partially raising my son, my mum helped a lot. Um, he saw a lot of things that, you know, children shouldn't see. Um, but it's it's made him so smart now and so street smart now. Like he's he got take so. Drugs. He's, he's never taken drugs. No, he, he will never, ever take drugs because he doesn't want to end up like, you know, he's seen his mum in really, really terrible situations. Um and, and beaten, you know, um, and he would never, ever touch drugs. He, he hates drug dealers. You know, he's really very passionate about anything anti-drug. Um, but he saw a lot of things growing up um, that, that he shouldn't have. I, you know, took a lot of drugs. Drugs and alcohol came before my son and before my family, you know, um, and I'm very open about that because I want to, there's no, um, I'm not fake, you know, I want to be real with everybody yeah. and, you know, tell my true story and speak my truth. That's my yeah. my thing, you know, I'd love to speak my truth. Um, but, yeah, he, he grew up seeing his mum in terrible situations, you know, and, and being beaten by men as well. So I always had violent relationships because that was what I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly thought that, and I, this sounds so funny now when I say it, but I thought that, by a man beating you was his way of showing you that he loved you because that was my program. You know, I saw my dad beat my mum all the time. He beat us kids. Do you remember how, like, and again, people will be, because obviously we have a close relationship, but, you know, like, obviously it's, you've been growing continually throughout this, like, seven, you know, the years that I've known you. And we joke about the boyfriend, getting a boyfriend. Remember, like, for so long you were like, no, I just find having sex with yeah. men and then you finally got this boyfriend and I was so excited. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and allowed so yourself I, to like fall in love and oh yeah. You know, like, that, well, I, I was single for a long time. So after my husband committed suicide, um, I, I just had arrangements with men. You know, I would just sleep with men. We would have these arrangements and I would always say to them, Don't love me because I'm not going to love you back. 
I remember that. I remember that. It's like you were protecting yourself. I feel like you were putting up this wall and you just this like a tough exterior. Like Mm. I was always so amazed that like, oh, how can you have sex with these guys and not fall in love with them? You know, like I was just a bit of a crazy back in the day, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was no attachment there. You know, it was kind of like it was just an act. You know, it was just just something that I did because I love sex. I love sex. (laughs) Um, But but the but it was the last guy I loved. You know, died. So I kind of was protecting myself. And then I met this amazing, amazing man um, who I, I only spent a short amount of time with, six months, unfortunately. Um, it just it didn't work out. And he he wasn't actually, he was on his own journey healing himself mm. too. But um, he, he wasn't where I was and I was kind of, you know, um, I kept going, 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 and he kept slipping back a little bit. And it just, it just didn't work out. But I loved that relationship and I love him and I always will because he taught me the most precious thing ever that I'll always, always be thankful for him for. And that's that he taught me I could love again. Yeah. And I I can open my heart to somebody, you know, even though it didn't work out, it was that to me is just so, so special. And it's so funny. I know people again, it's not funny, but like just knowing what you were like before and now you just saying this stuff so openly, it's like, (laughs) you like the male five years ago would never have said shit like this you know, know. like it is yeah. quite it is quite ama- wonderful it's awesome but, but now like two yeah. women have conversations I'm like I wish I had a boyfriend <laughs> and I'm like I wish you had a boyfriend too Dal. I'm like let's go find your boyfriend I say that to Craig I'm like, boyfriend. you know I I just want to like have a boyfriend and make love and Craig's like <laughs> who the fuck are you <laughs> where is Mel probably <laughs> little Mel <laughs> let's go back circle back to so when the time that you decided that you like wanted to be better. And mm. I remember when you would like come into the gym and you were like, I can't use my fitness power. Like maybe <laughs> you'd have those excuses where, where yes. you can't. And then all of a sudden you just were like, mm. okay, I'm not going to say I can't anymore. Mm. Mm. Like how, what switched there to make you, cause I think a lot of women would relate to this and they may themselves have just made excuses, excuses, excuses. And you just got to the point where you're like, I just, I don't want to live this life anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I did, everything was hard, you know, everything was hard. So growing up, I was always believed, I was always led to believe that I would never amount to anything because I, I kept, you know, my dad would always tell me that I was stupid. Um, so I, I never thought that I could actually do anything or be a coach, you know, thought I'd be running terrible CD tradey pubs for yeah. the rest of my life. So I wasn't, I had no, I didn't believe in myself, you know, and I thought I, I, thought I was dumb. I thought I was stupid. Remember when? Yeah. You know, we started working together. You're like, you're stupid. Um, but everything was so hard because I had that program there that I, I couldn't do it, that I, I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm not smart enough to do that. And I try, I started using my fitness pal and I started being consistent. And it was like, oh, I can't do this. And I'd throw my phone and I would message you and say, well, this is too hard. I can't use my fitness pal. And you're like, get your shit together. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I need to learn. I need to learn how to do this. If I'm going to be better and if I want to be that person that I, you know, imagine, you know, and and dream about being, I have to put all those beliefs aside, trust myself and believe in myself and just persist. So I just kept doing it over and over and over and And over. And it worked. And remember, like, I remember, like, as soon as you started to be consistent, there was this period of, like, Mm -hmm. six months and Mm -hmm. you transformed your body. Like, you were training consistently and you were, sorry, I just whacked my fork, you were eating consistently and, like, you just looked amazing. But that was another thing, you know, like I started using my fitness pal, but then I was half doing it. 
I was half doing it. It's like, well, I'm not getting results. I remember having a conversation with you at the gym one day and you said, well, what do you want to do? Like, because I was like, oh, maybe I should go and do Pilates or yoga. And you're like, well, what, what do you want to look like? I said, I want to look like you. I want to be like you. And you're like, well, do the fucking stuff I do. I don't go yeah. out and do Pilates and yoga. I lift weights. Oh, and look, we're not saying that you shouldn't do Pilates and yoga, but you're not oh, going to no, build a muscle. I do yoga mus- every day. Yeah, Mel loves it. You're not going to build a muscular physique yeah, doing yeah. yoga. You can lift weights and do yoga because I don't mm-hmm. want you know, people yeah. listening to oh, these absolutely. podcasts and well, bloody tape. I lift weights now and I do yoga every day. Yeah, she does both. She's a bit of a yogi now, old Mel. I am a bit of a hippie yogi. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Um, But I just, I I, I couldn't do it. Half-ass wasn't working for me. And I was like, right, I need to. uh, How badly do you want to change, Melissa? You know, like how I had this vision of myself and what I wanted to be. And it's like, well, what do you need to do to get to that? And it's like, I need to go all in. I need to do the shit that Kitty does, you know. Like Kitty doesn't go out and, you know, track half fast. She doesn't go out and drink piss and take drugs and all of this stuff. You I know, used to. And, <laughs> yeah, but you're doing anymore. And, you know, she's consistent with her food and she trains and, you know, I'm like, well, this is what I need to do. Um, but um, consistently over a long period of time. So it was probably only like a month of me being consistent. And I said to you, I feel great. I look great. Like it's we have this joke about that always we're like it's like it's like when whenever a client starts to get their shit together and they start to feel amazing they message you and you message me like dull it's like this consistency thing works yeah it's like it but that's what I said you know it's like wow like but it wasn't until like after about probably a month of you know just going all in and I but I just committed to it because what I was doing wasn't working. And I was like, how badly do you want to change? Look at the yeah. shit that you've been through in your life. Yeah. You know, um, you, you, you can change. Look at the little things that you've changed so far, you know. And I'm like, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to live the rest of my life like this, going back and forwards. And am I going to take drugs this weekend? Am I going to go on train this weekend? Am I going to disappear? It's like, no, I want to, I want to be better. I just want to be better. And that's when I made the decision to just be better. And I will never, ever touch drugs ever again. If I do, I will lose my son, <laughs> but I don't want to. Um, and, but people say to me, how long have you been clean? I'm like, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how many days. I can't tell you because I don't count because I'm never, ever going to do it again. Yeah, 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 ever, yeah totally. You know? And you're not like, you know, like you don't let it define you. No. You're not like I'm a drug addict, I'm an alcoholic. You know. I, I, well, I used to say it was up until, <clears throat> excuse me, probably only about six months ago, I used to say I was a drug addict and alcoholic. And I don't say that anymore now because I don't, I, I had a drinking problem and a drug problem, but I don't label myself, you yeah. know, like yeah. I was talking to a guy a while ago, he's been in going to rehab for 22 years, alcohol and, oh uh, alcoholic anonymous. And every day he goes there, he says, oh, hi, my name is such and such. I'm an alcoholic. I said, how long has it been since you've had a drink? He goes, 20 years. I'm like, and you're still fucking saying that you're an alcoholic. <laughs> like, that's all you're ever going to be, you know. Yeah. I don't no, want to be sense. like that. I don't want to have a label and, you know, people say to me, what, are you are you gay or bisexual? I'm like, I'm me. I don't have a label. Label, that's right. That's I'm right. whatever I want to be. <laughs> Now you let's know. talk about then. Um, so obviously, because I remember, correct me if I'm not having got the details quite right, but obviously Steve died and then you didn't work for a while because you got a bit of a payout, I remember. And so you were just trying to figure out what mm. you wanted to do. Like yeah. you got your shit together and you're training in the gym. And then she came to us one day and was like, I just really want to work for you guys. 
And so, I was so scared. <laughs> yeah. And then so we were like, scared. okay, all right. So she bought a computer. She bought her an Apple and she didn't know how to use a computer. So she took herself off to the Apple store and you didn't, yeah, you did all these like. Free classes every yep. single day. I sat in those yep. free classes every day. And she worked so, for us for free <coughs> yeah, for a while. How long months. was it? Three, three months, months. That's right. Yeah, for three free. Months. Yeah. Well, just asking you for that job. Remember, I could all dress up yeah. there and I went to your house. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I was for a job. But I, I never I, I never believed in myself and I never thought, oh, I could be a coach or work for you because I didn't have an education and I yeah. wasn't smart. That That's was my right. belief. She, I wasn't yeah. smart. Yeah. So, yeah, I toddled on over to your place one night and I asked if um, I could work with you and you're like, yep. So I went and got a computer and I'm like, how do I turn this thing on? But then I thought, okay, what do I need to do to learn how to use this, you know, get resourceful? So I Googled on my phone how to learn computers, go to the Apple store. So I went yeah. to the Apple store and I sat there every single day and did those those free classes. And even when I started working for you, like I would ask questions, you would answer them for me. And then after a while, you would be like, well, how do you think you'd, how do you think you'd find out the answer? You know, and I'd be like, mm, I don't know, maybe I could Google it. You're like, get a bit resourceful, doll. <laughs> I was like, don't ask me the same thing twice. Get a yes. notebook, write it down. <laughs> oh, when you said so, and I would bring you or talk to you and ask you a question and I'd be like, what do you have? Can you answer this question for me? And you'd be like, so what would you do? How do you think you'd find out if I wasn't here? Like, just imagine that I'm dead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah we'd say that. We played the game. And I you're like, sometimes I wish it was true. Yeah, I did. Sometimes I wish it was true. It's so annoying. But, yeah, I just learned to be resourceful. And now I'm teaching my clients and people that I know, you know, to get resourceful. I teach people how to use a computer. Yeah. And you yeah. and Mel went and did study too. So she's got, um, what is it, Cert 3 and 4 in? Nutrition. Yeah. So basically we're, that she's insured to do what we do basically with, with mm-hmm. our nutrition and training. So she went away and studied and you finished that, which yeah. was amazing. So obviously you're not stupid. No, yeah. I'm smart. I'm so smart. <laughs> I'm smart then, now. Well, you didn't obviously coach for a while. Like you just did meal plans, remember, and yeah. like just you do onboarding calls. And... I used to go to the post office. Remember, right. I would she go was... to the post office. I would yeah. send out all the the collagen the, and the, yeah. the Progest D and stuff like that. I had the little warehouse underneath my house. That's and... right. You were the warehouse manager. I would remember? make you... Yeah. <laughs> she was the shit kicker for a while. She ate shit. But yeah. now, like now you're a coach, you've got your qualifications now. Um, yeah. And so talk about Mel, like, like how is it that you have such great success with these women who need to lose a lot of weight? Like what is it that you do with it? Um, I listen to them and I believe in them. Um, that's that's the two biggest things I think and I form really really close relationships with them as well and I I, I just love them I care so there's so many of my clients say they've done so many programs in the past and you know they just they, the coaches don't care you know I I know my my clients kids names I know their dogs names I know when their birthday is um, but a lot of women that come into this program especially a lot of bigger ladies as well that have a lot of weight to lose they don't have they don't believe in themselves you know and I because I was like that my whole life you know and I know what people are capable of 
you know, being able to do once they just step out of that comfort zone just a little bit, you know. I always say if something makes you scared or nervous, that means you've got to go do it because all the action happens on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and they say to me, you know, I feel like I'm re- I really I'm heard when you when I talk to you. And um, yeah, and, and I just encourage them because they're all so freaking amazing, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, you yeah. often get lots of really nice messages from your clients. Oh, I just love them. I love them. And this is my life now, you know. I get up and this is why I get up to help these women just have a better quality of life, you know, and to see their – so when they send through photos, I'll send through photos every four weeks, the expression on their face compared to those first photos, their posture is even different. You know, they're standing up taller. They're smiling in the photos. It just Oh, I've just got goosebumps now mm-hmm. talking about it. This is why I do what I do, you know, and just encouraging them and just, yeah, just believing in them. Oh, it's so good, Mel. Oh, I just yeah. love it. Yeah, it's, you You really are inspiring. And I think, like, I don't really know anyone else who's turned their life around like you. That's what my, my son says, even after I tried to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and so. it just shows, it shows, like, if you do this, mm. like, what can these women achieve? Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah, you can completely change your life. You're in control of your life, you know, You're and you're in control of your feelings too, you know. I used to say a lot, you know, oh, this person made me feel like this and I feel like that because this person did this to me. It's like, well, that's how you, that's your reaction to stuff. You know, no one can make you feel a certain way. It's how you react and respond to them, you know. Um, I have this little thing that I say to myself and it's like a warrior acts, only a fool reacts. And I tell myself that all the time when I go to, you know, because I get a little bit triggered by things sometimes and I'm like, hang on a minute, you know, you're that warrior, you know, be that strong warrior. Yeah, Yeah, that's so good. I love it. Nothing is, is more important in life than you, you know, and yourself. You know, you need to put yourself first. If I ask a whole lot of people, who's the most important person in your life? Majority of them will say their kids, their husbands, their family. It's like, no, you are. You're the most important person in your life because if you're the most important person, you're going to be a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, a better co-worker, all of these things because you're at your best and you can be your best for everybody else around you. Yeah, it's so good. So good, Mel. And maybe just to finish off, like what advice would you give to women? Because I think a lot of the women that you work with, like they binge eat a lot, mm. you know, and they've put on a lot of weight. And you say if there's a woman and she's really struggling with binge eating and she can't be consistent, like what advice would you give her? Um, well, I, I always go back to, you know, before you go to binge, ask yourself what your priorities, what your goal is, first yeah. of all. Um, why, why do you feel like binging? Like what, what's happened in your day yeah. that wants you to, you know, want, makes you want to binge or even with drinking and taking drugs too because yeah. I work with a lot of clients that have drinking problems and drug problems as well. You know, before you have that drink or that go have that binge or, you know, take those drugs, what's happened? Sit down, have a five-minute conversation with yourself. What has happened in my day to make me feel like I want to go and do these things? Is it an argument with my husband? Is it work stress? Is it all of these things? Do I have control over that situation? You know, because there's so many, so much of our time and energy goes into worrying about shit that we can't control. Shit that's already happened, we can't change, or shit that hasn't even happened that we're creating these scenarios in our head that, you know, never, ever happen anyway. We spend far too much time on that. Stay in the present moment. Sit, do a virus check on yourself. 
you know, and ask yourself why why are you feeling like that? What's what's um what what's attached to this? You know, because there's always something attached to it. There's always something's just happened. Um, if you if it's late at night too, I always ask my clients, sit down and ask yourself, are, are you really hungry or are you just tired? Majority of the time they're like, I'm just tired. I'm like, just go to yeah. bed. Just go to bed. Yeah, go to bed and sleep. Because I think, you know, a lot of them obviously they've they've you know, if women are binge eating because they're under eating obviously you need to eat more but you know oh, talking yeah. about these women who are eating enough and you know they might be struggling mm-hmm. with consistency you're right I think mm-hmm. so many women and I used to do the same thing like booze was a real crutch you know like if I felt shit if I was stressed if I was pissed off I'd just drink mm-hmm. you know rather than just sit in it yeah yeah well it makes you feel better at the time you know it masks yeah. it but the problem For a few hours yeah and then, then the you next feel day worse. you wake up, then you feel like shit, and then you're going to eat shit food as Oh, well. totally. The so hangover. you're eating enough food. And I say to all my clients that come in here, you know, because a lot of them, I have a sweet tooth. I, I binge on sweets all the time. I said, make sure you include one or two serves of sweets in your plan every day. So make sure that that's the most important thing then. So put your sweets <laughs> in first, like I do. I put my sweets in first, and then I plan my day around the things that I really love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can have your little bounty things that you love, like you have at night, your little, the rest of your day is fruits and meats and, you know, rice and eggs and milk. But if you're eating enough food and you're eating this really delicious, good food with lots of nutrients in it and you're still, you're having your one or two sweets, you're not going to crave anymore anyway because you're going to feel so damn good from all of the, you know, the whole combination of the food. And once you start feeling good, you'll look in the mirror and you're going to start looking good. Like I have clients that haven't lost any weight, even over the first couple of weeks, like, you know, but they're like, I feel amazing that Mel, I actually look in the mirror and I look better, but on the yeah. same side. It's like, yeah, yeah. The perspective change. And I think too, once you're feeling better, then you can really go, okay, I'm committing to this longer term process. Yes. Cause it's not a quick fix, you know, slow, mm. sustainable fat loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really great advice. I think, yeah, you've got to just stop. And stop taking the easy, the path of least resistance, mm. I think, at the time, mm. like the drink, alcohol or the binge, because, you know, yeah. like it just doesn't help you. It's not fixing the issue. Yeah. But yeah. just spend that couple of minutes and just have that little conversation with yourself too, you know. 80% of the time you're not going to you're not going to do it after you have that little conversation. And always yeah. ask yourself, you know, when you're in that situation, especially with the substance, what's happened in my day? What's yeah. my priority? How is this going to affect my progress? five minutes sit there with yourself five minutes great advice great advice well thanks Dal. thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for having me oh i'm sure everyone will uh really benefit from listening to your story and hopefully some women will feel inspired you know and know that they do have the power to change their lives and make it whatever they want to be um you can do anything anything you want to do you can do you know and if you know you want to work with mel I'll drop a link in the below in the show notes book in for a chat with me, have a talk about the program, our 16 week winter life accelerator program. Um, if you really want to work with Mel, you know, put you with Mel, we could probably go kitty. Don't say that. Not everyone can go with me. I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. Craig said to me one day, don't you want to be the best? And now I say to him all the time, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> so right, I don't. Oh. That was awesome. Well, thanks so much, um, Mel, and uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Okay. Love you, bye.